Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm, and he is Amal Shaw. Terrific job by Femi yesterday filling in for me. Thank you, Femi. World Series game one tonight, Amal. We'll have Bob Nightingale join us in about 15 minutes to discuss. I want to get back to what we do on Mondays. We kind of skipped a little bit of that, Amal, with uh, some of your uh, your naughty list, or as, as we call it, shenanigans. Let's start with Nick Sariani. Tell you what, man. How about the onsides kick? They're down by 10 points. Talk about an era of desperation with this football team. How about you try and run the ball every once in a while? I didn't realize Miles Sanders is still on the team, but you're not going to win too much with Jalen Hurts. And this Philadelphia Eagles team, they're not going anywhere fast. Why did you like the Raiders so much? You said you liked the Raiders. This the, the number went down to a pick on Sunday. It's not my problem. The bottom line is, when you look at it, what justifies Philadelphia being a neutral site uh, level with the Raiders? If they're, on, if they're actually, when you see the line closed at uh, pick them, how would the Raiders be a dog against this Philadelphia team? What have you seen on a Philadelphia shown you? What, because they scored on the Kansas City defense? Who hadn't scored on the Kansas City defense? The, the bottom line is this is not a good football team. The most important criteria, in my opinion, for a quarterback in the National Football League is accuracy. Jalen Hurts has never had that. Going back to Channel View, going back to Tuscaloosa, going to Norman, and now in Philadelphia. He doesn't have that, never has, never will. That's the bottom line. You can't win with them. It's the old Mike Singletary line. Can't win with them. And until they realize that, they're not going anywhere fast. The New York Jets organization. Yeah. How about this effort? I mean, by the way, uh, at least the fact that Robert Salah showed some passion saying, hey, listen, you don't need to yell at these guys. You're a professional. If you can't show up and do your job, 
you probably don't need to be wearing the shield, and I agree with him. Just an absolutely deplorable effort out of this team. The New England Patriots, I think they had their highest scoring output since like the late 70s or something like that. I mean, just unbelievable. They put up 54 <laughs> points. Chris Andrews does that prop every week, the highest scoring team. I think New England was like 35 to 1 to be the highest scoring team in <laughs> cash. Got there pretty easily, didn't yeah. they? I mean, it was it's, it's pathetic, the effort we're seeing out of the New York Jets right now. Look, I get that NFC J. Mosley, their best defender. He'll be back this week in the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. But now you've got no Zach Wilson. You're going to have Mike White, who played at Western Kentucky, starting. They did sign Joe Flacco. That could potentially make a difference for this Jets team here. But I just don't like the way they're playing. The effort is lacking. Mike, you don't get beat by this kind of number without a lack of effort. The Washington football team quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Okay, so I believe the game is called tackle football. And when you have the ball and your team's down by 14 and you're going towards the end zone and you can make it standing up, why are we diving at the half a yard line when you could just get into the end zone? And then on fourth down, he fumbles the ball. They don't score. Mike, change the entire fortunes of that game. What a terrible play by Tyler Heineke. I got to tell you, there's got to be some guys on that team that lost respect for him. It's the old Cam Newton play. I thought they played well enough definitely to cover the number. Yes. They have the kick blocked early, and then he doesn't kick a field goal next time down, Rivera. Because confidence is shaken. What, they have three first and goals and only got three points out of it? They actually competed and outgained the, the Packers during this game. Yeah, bigger picture for Green Bay. You have to be yeah. concerned about the fact that this off, excuse me, this defense couldn't stop enough people. But blew it. the guy who came in as the field goal kicker, hadn't kicked since 2016. They cut uh, Hopkins, and it looks like it's going to be a bad decision there. Jason Bean. Jason Bean, similar situation to what we saw out of Taylor Heineke on Saturday. You know, I think Heineke was probably watching the Oklahoma game, sitting around in the hotel, and he sees Bean just step out of bounds at the one-yard line. If you saw the KU-Oklahoma game, you see Bean has about a 15-yard run. All he's got to do is just stick his head in there. He's in the end zone. Now he just decides, I'm going to duck out at the one-yard line. Very nice for the running back to be able to get the touchdown. Give me a break. You're playing Boomer Sooner. Put your head in there and try to get in the end zone. A new name on the list, Amal Shaw. Yeah, I hate that I had to put myself on here, but I have to. There's no question about it. We said, or during the year, I said that the Detroit Lions should select, uh, excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals should select Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. Now, Panay Sewell may turn out to be an all-time player. By the way, why do they have the worst picture of me of all time on here? This is unbelievable. I'll tell you right now, Britton Hess, I know where you live, buddy. Uh, the bottom line is, I was dead wrong. Jamar Chase, not only has he been good, he's been great. Best rookie in football. Better than Jefferson was last year, not just based on the performance of the yardage. It's not about that. It's his ability to threaten the defense deep. It's the comfort level that Joe Burrow has. Look at the interception that Burrow threw. He just threw it up because Jamar Chase was there. Only bad play that Joe had during the game on Sunday. But I could not have been more wrong in terms of the performance that Panay Sewell, excuse me, Jamar Chase has had for the Bengals. He has made a difference. If Panay Sewell is there, this Bengals team is not sitting at 5-2. and two. I think, and I beat the, the drum as well as you did, that they should take Panay Sewell. Uh, instead of Chase, I think it's too early to put your name on the list. Or you should fair, have my name enough. on the list as well. But. Fair, fair enough. I, I took you off of there. I, I didn't know. You know, I thought you, I'd give you a break on that one. No, but Mike, here's why I had to put it on there. I, it may turn out that Panay Sewell turns out to be the better long-term player. But in the short term, based on this season through seven weeks, the impact is far greater that Jamar Chase has had than Panay Sewell. I agree. But, you know, Joe Burrow could go down next week and the season's over for the Bengals. Uh, it's funny, uh, Britton and uh, John, I think a couple other people said that behind the stage today. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and finally, from last night, Sean Payton. Well, so first of all, I want to give credit to Payton for one thing. Well, I, I wish more coaches would do what he did at the end of the first half, if you guys saw it. Uh, they had one timeout remaining. The Seahawks were going to take a knee, but I love the fact that he called the timeout and forced them to take one more snap. 
Let's just say there's an errant snap or there's a fumble and you potentially recover it. You get three points. I love that uh, using the timeout there. I think every team should do that on every Sunday. Make the team take the timeout. Excuse me. Use the timeout. Make the team snap the ball. You might get a turnover there. Uh, But then late in the game situation, Mike, when Seattle was dumb enough to jump off sides on fourth and five, why are you throwing the football? Because uh, they should have run the clock because you knew you probably weren't going to score with this offense. And they played a conservative game plan because they knew Seattle wasn't going to be able to move the ball on them. If they run the ball, they force the Seahawks to either utilize their final timeout or they get past the two-minute warning. Instead, they gave Seattle a full opportunity with the timeout. They were also snapping the ball with 10 on the play play clock clock in the the last two minutes, too. All right, on Tuesdays, we do three up and three down. Three teams, we increased their power ratings over the previous weekend, and three three teams, we decreased. Let's let's go with the differences. We both have the Titans and the Raiders on our up list of all. I don't want to dwell on that. Um, Your other team that I don't have on there was the Bengals. Yeah, 5-2, and two, a great road win against a division opponent. And when you look at the AFC standings right now, the number one ranked team in the conference, if the season ended today, would be the Cincinnati Bengals. I still think the road through the AFC goes through Buffalo. When you look at the Bills' schedule, they're sitting at two losses. I don't see a scenario where they wind up with four, excuse me, five losses. They could potentially lose two more games. they got to play Tampa, and they have one other challenging game. But they've got that AFC least. They get to play those bad teams, New England, Uh, Miami, and of course the Jets. So I think they'll be able to really succeed there. But you have to give Cincinnati credit. And one of the things that I think with the Bengals is going to continue to happen is now that they've done well, the confidence is going to continue to build. They don't go into games hoping to win. Now they expect to win. One of my burning questions, if we were doing that yesterday, would have been, have you changed your opinion that the Bengals will not make the playoffs? Um, You know, I didn't look at the AFC as closely, but I think they have a chance. Because the NFC I've gone through, there's nine viable teams. Now, there's five great, good teams, and then there's a gap that two other teams will get. Absolutely right. right. And there's four teams that are vying yeah. for those spots. Uh, in terms of the AFC, real quickly, thinking at the top of my head, you got three in the AFC North, one in the AFC East, so that's four teams. AFC South, two teams, that's six. And then the AFC West, three teams. So you're looking at nine teams. I think the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. You think the Bengals have a greater chance than the Browns of making the playoffs right now? No. Uh, my other up team was the Colts. Um, after the collapse in the second half at Baltimore on Monday Night Football, I was interested to see how they would play. A lot of people on this network were on the Colts at San Francisco Sunday night. I was not, though. I was impressed, though, that they sustained the effort from the first half. Yes, there was that storm in San Francisco, so it was hard to catch the ball. The The, the kicking was a, was a little bit erratic. But, you know, they hung in that game. They outplayed them in the second half. And really now... They have to have their hat in the ring as one of the playoff teams. I was a little quick to dismiss that they would not make the playoffs this year. Well, that's why I included nine yeah. teams because mm-hmm. the Colts are a team that you have to consider. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to win the division, but I think they're a challenger throughout, and they're going to be one of those wild-card contenders. Our three downs are three different teams completely, so we'll start <laughs> with your list of them all, the 49ers. Yeah, I think this 49ers team, they've lost four in a row. The big question mark to me, you mentioned the rain there in San Francisco, actually in Santa Clara over mm-hmm. the weekend, but you know what? The Colts were playing in that same weather too, and Michael Pittman was absolutely abusing that 49ers secondary. Three DPIs against this team. I thought the number was too high going into this game. I, I thought maybe if the 49ers are a three-point favorite, I don't touch it, but you get in four, and it closed, I think, at four and a half or even a little bit higher in some spots. Uh, so I think when you look at the San Francisco team, Mitchell's been terrific running the football. But other than that, you've got a lack of consistency. Debo Samuel, to me, is an elite wide receiver. They just don't have enough without George Kittle in the lineup. Do you agree with Shanahan's decision to continue to start Garoppolo at this point in the year? Well, I mean, Trey Lance is banged up. Uh, I do not, and here's why. I think this team, is if they make the playoffs, they're a 6 or a 7 seed. They're not going that far with the current situation that they have. 
put yourself in a better draft position. You're still good enough defensively with Bosa at the front, Warner in the middle. You've got to get better in the secondary. That's where the problem still exists with the 49ers. So for me, it really comes down to, can this team improve defensively? The Miami Dolphins. They're just bad. They're just bad. By the way, I don't know if you saw that game Sunday. Their team was celebrating with like two minutes and change. If they'd have won that game 28-27, Arthur Smith should have been fired on the spot for not going for two in the fourth quarter. I couldn't. They're up six, and he kicks the extra point to go up 13. I'm going to tell you right now, if I had known that, he would have been on the list. I did not know that. I I said, I didn't turn on that game until it got late. I said, oh, there's six people could get knocked out in Survivor here. I said, let me put it on. Other than that, no interest in that football game. I didn't know that. Yes, terrible. And then the Lions. Well, because they put so much into that game. I thought they executed. That game, you have never seen the difference be between two quarterbacks. If Matthew Stafford plays for the Lions, they win that game by 14 points. With all the risk and everything they took, DeAndre Swift was unbelievable. Jared Goff flat out sucks. There are bank robbers right now in Southern California getting ready to heist the bank right now in L.A. County. They're going to walk out with 20 grand if they're lucky. And they could, they could wish they could steal the amount of money Jared Goff has stolen. This guy is flat out a thief without a ski mask and a gun. Mike, he is terrible. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to my list quickly. The Bears, <laughs> I, I should be on your naughty list for saying that if they were close at halftime, they'd have an upset shot at Tampa. This team was done about three plays into the game. I don't know how much you watched it. The body language was terrible. First of all, you can't run the ball on Tampa. You know that. And I said this. He's, Fields is going to have to make some passes, make some plays in this game because I don't think their defense has given up 50 to Brady. They might have. I mean, Tampa took their foot yeah. off the gas. But, I mean, he's ter- they were terrible. They tried to run the ball. They couldn't. He was overwhelmed. His bigger problem in interceptions is fumbles. Yeah, he's like Dave Craig. Does he have the small? He can't have that small hand. <laughs> I mean, every time they hit him, he fumbles the ball. Chiefs, I don't know where they go from there. They're, they're just bad. I don't think they make the playoffs. And Panthers, what an ugly game in New York. That, that was unwatchable. Hey, can we go ahead and finally say Sam Darnold is not an NFL starting quarterback? He's always been a loser, wherever he was. Up next, (laughs) Bob Nightingale previews the World Series. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and a mall's personal favorite, citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zen comes in two strengths, so you have, you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine. It's only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. plus. Learn more and find your local retailer at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with Amal Shaw. And it's our pleasure at this time to have Bob Nightingale joined the program again. Bob, of course, the baseball writer for USA Today. Good afternoon, Bob. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, guys. All right, Bob. Um, not the World Series everybody might have thought uh, two or three months ago heading in. No Dodgers, no Giants. We get the Braves from the National League, and the Astros make the World Series for the third time in five years. Astros have been so good at home this year, Bob. I find it hard to bet against them in a series where they'll have four home games. Your thoughts on the World Series? Astros a dollar forty favorite. Uh, I like Atlanta. Uh, you know, they got the better pitching. Their pitching's lined up. Uh, you know, Charlie Morton's been through this before. Uh, you know, he should be solid. Max Freed. Uh, you know, a couple of hiccups in the Dodgers series, but you know, he had the lowest ERA of anybody uh, second half. Now bullpen's been phenomenal. So I'll, I'll take Atlanta in the series. Bob, you mentioned you like Atlanta with the pitching here. In terms of the breakdown from the Houston perspective, 
without Lance McCullers, can this for starting rotation be competitive enough and keep this team in games? Because this Atlanta offense, I thought has been underrated going into the Dodgers series. And I think once again, they're not getting enough uh, run in terms of what they can do potentially. No, you're right. I, I worry about that. I mean, they got, you know, some awfully talented young pitchers, but they're young. Uh, you know, Farmer Valdez, uh, Luis Garcia, uh, you know, uh, Jose Arcudi, uh, you know, you know, Greinke, I, I think Greinke might play a factor in this thing. I could see him pitching well. But, yeah, uh, you worry about how these guys are going to react on, on, on the big stage. Uh, Bob, you said you like the pitching matchup for the Braves, and, and I agree with you that their bullpen has been absolutely fantastic, especially the job they did against the Dodgers uh, in the NLCS. Take me through the Astros' bullpen and how important they'll be in this series. Obviously, in the ALCS, outside of the one Framber Valdez start, we didn't see any starting pitchers really get in, get much past the fifth inning here. How do you think the Astros' pen fares? You know, I just think, okay, you know, you got, you know, Presley back there, you got, you know, you got some nice veteran uh, pitchers, uh, but you just don't know how they're going to, uh, you know, they, they weren't used much at all during the uh, LCS. And I think there's a reason for them. I think Dusty let those guys go, the starters go, because maybe there wasn't full trust uh, in that bullpen. I think it's a, uh, it can be shaky, shaky at times where, you know, it's not going to be lights out. I'm not saying, you know, Atlanta had their problems down the stretch with a bullpen, but man, it sure seems like they straightened that thing out in, in a hurry. I mean, Will Smith, it was tough to uh, watch at times, and he's been absolutely lights out of late. Bob, when you look at this uh, Houston team matched up against the uh, Braves, you obviously favor the Braves in this one, but what area would you point to that you believe Houston has any advantage if they do at all against the Braves in this series? Well, that offense, when you know, you have Kyle Tucker as the number seven hitter in that lineup, that's a pretty scary lineup. So I think the, uh, you know, that's their advantage. The uh, offense is tough. It's a uh, really a, uh, you know, a dangerous, dangerous lineup. So that, that, that's one advantage I give them. We're speaking with Bob Nightingale, USA Today, uh, Major League Baseball columnist. Bob, I want to talk about the Dodgers. Uh, they acquire Scherzer and Turner. What are the chances they keep one or either of them? And then from a rotation standpoint, do you think Trevor Bauer ever pitches again in Major League Baseball? And where do you see Clayton Kershaw next year? Yeah, I wonder where Kershaw will end up. You know, free agent, I don't know if they'll want to go back home, if you know, if lives in Dallas. If the Rangers are a better team, I think he'd do it. I'm not sure he'll be back with the Dodgers. He may say, you know what, I've already done this. Let me move on. Um, you know, the Dodgers aren't going to throw that kind of money at, at him. Uh, I thought Scherzer was going to end up back with the Dodgers. I'm not sure now. Uh, I kind of get the sense he's leaving. He'll go. He'll go elsewhere. Uh, you know, Bauer won't pitch next year. He's, he'll probably be suspended the entire season, and then for one year, and then come off the uh, suspension. Uh, I, I think he will pitch. Maybe for a small market team one day. Uh, he, he certainly won't pitch again for the Dodgers. He's one of the last pitch for them. What about Corey Seager? Obviously, he's a free agent. He's from North Carolina. Uh, I thought he would potentially wind up with the Washington Nationals. Do you believe he resigns with the Dodgers? Or he winds up elsewhere. I think definitely elsewhere. Remember now, they got Trey Turner. They would have traded Trey Turner. They promised him you'll be a starting shortstop next year. Uh, it won't be Seager. Uh, I can see Seager a number of places. Yeah, I don't see him in New York. I don't think the Yankees are going to. Uh, 
offer uh, that kind of money because they have a couple of young shortstops in the future. Uh, I'm not sure where he ends up. You know, maybe uh, maybe Detroit. Uh, you know, maybe Texas Rangers. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. He'll certainly get plenty of uh, offers, but I, I I don't see him returning to the Dodgers at all. You know, without a position shift, and he's not ready for that. Bob, when we look ahead to next year, the San Francisco Giants won 107 games. Will they be the favorites to come out of the West, or will the Dodgers still be favored? I think Dodgers still be favored. They really do. I mean, people say, you know what, they're going to come back to Earth. Uh, you know, it was a fluke. It wasn't a fluke, but people will react that way. So I, I think definitely the Dodgers will be the will be the favorite, and, and you know, probably heavy favorite. Two questions about managers. Were you surprised that the Cardinals uh, let go of Mike Schilt? And who do you think ends up as the Padres head man? I heard Schilt was talking to the Padres as well. Yeah, Mike Schilt interviewed Sunday with the Padres. And from what I heard, uh, you know, interviews went well. Uh, if he doesn't end up there, he'll be in somebody's front office. I was very surprised. Uh, if you had asked me who's the top five safest managers without getting fired, uh, I would have said him. Uh, I don't think we any of us knew about the philosophical differences. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Schultz would be managing again. I don't know about the, you know, managing the Mets, but the Padres makes, you know, makes perfect sense. Bob, I want to ask you, you see a lot of these free agents coming up and these teams who sign these players to long-term contracts outside of the Max Scherzer deal in Washington, which I think most people would agree he probably exceeded. I don't understand this need by front offices to sign these players to these long-term deals. The one that I always point to is the Bryce Harper 13-year deal. I don't get that, never have, never will. And even you look at the Albert Pujols deal, became an albatross for Artie Moreno and the Angels afterwards. Are teams going to eventually trend away from that? Because these contracts don't seem to be paying dividends. I actually like the way the Bauer deal, were, uh, excuse me, the Trevor Bauer deal where it was structured, where it was heavily weighted in his favor, but only for a couple of years. So it doesn't really bog down the Dodgers long-term. Do you think you'll see some teams finally become a little bit more astute in their negotiations? Well, they like to, but, you know, there's always uh, someone's going to give you long-term contracts. So everybody says, you know what, maybe uh, if I want this guy bad enough, I got to uh, give a long-term deal. Uh, you know, I look at Jason Hayward, you know, the, you know, obviously that contract has not worked out for the Cubs, but the Cardinals were right there with it. So were the Washington Nationals were, were offering that kind of money. Uh, you know, Harper had a long-term offer from the San Francisco Giants. That's where the Phillies did that. Now, now his contract at Phillies is more designed for luxury tax. I mean, it's not really you don't expect him to be playing great or being playing at all in you know in uh, at the end of 13 years, but at least not not to get the paid less per year by by stretching out like they do. So yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, teams hate doing that, and some of these contracts you know, turn bad right away. You know, like Anthony Redone's, you know, what is it, a, uh, you know, eight-year deal or so with the, uh, you know, Los Angeles Angels, and already is, is, is turned very sour. So teams like to get, you know, away from that. But all it takes is, the, you know, one or two teams to make big offers, and if you want a guy bad enough, you're going to have to at least match it. Bob, what moves do you anticipate, including with management or front office, the New York Yankees making uh, over the winter? I don't think they'll get a shortstop at all. I mean, if they do, it'll be a, uh, a short-term shortstop because they really like the young kids are a year or two away. Uh, you know, we'll see what a, uh, happens. You know, on the field, they'll hire some coaches. Obviously, Boone's back. You know, Brian Cashman was never going anywhere. Uh, they got to get some more contact hitters. You know, I would think they might, you know, we got Joey Gallo. They may spin him and, and trade him away. 
to try to get more guys. He's put the ball in play. That's why the Astros are, are here where they are. It's just a, uh, you know, they put the ball in play. They don't strike out. You know, like you know, Pete Rose, who lives in Vegas, as he said, if I strike out 213 times a season, like Joey Gallo just did, I'd, I'd shoot myself. Bob, we really appreciate the time. Enjoy the World Series and look forward to having you on next year. All right. Sounds great. Take care, guys. Thank you. How excited are you for this year's World Series? On a scale of one to ten. Let's go with let's go with negative six. No, it can't be a negative number. Okay. Because it's not in the scale. But last time you were disappointed, I gave a negative one. So I, I, one, I'm one, one, one. Okay. I'm happy? interested to see the pitching of the Astros. Are you happy now? Pitching. When we come back, college football, Wilder Wright. Got any more complaints? This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. Terrific job by Bob Nightingale last segment. I'm all, let's focus on college football. That's right in your wheelhouse. But I want to ask my one burning question I have for you. Does Alabama moving ahead of Oklahoma in the polls set up a scenario where a two-loss Alabama team let me finish my question before all your facial gestures. I didn't do anything. I was just For those kidding. listening on the radio, he, he, he dismissed me with his eyes. Does a two-loss Alabama team, assuming they lose to Georgia in the SEC title game, make the playoff ahead of a one-loss Big Ten or Big 12 champion? Okay, I'll answer two questions. First of all, I always dismiss you every day, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Second, uh, no, they do not. That's the bottom line. You can't lose in College Station. I know Texas A&M thinks they're so important. They haven't won a national title since about 1939, but don't let the people in College Station know that. Uh, Alabama's not getting in with two losses because, first of all, they got to beat Georgia. When you look at their schedule right now, they've got one win over a ranked team. That's Ole Miss. Florida's not ranked anymore. Uh, if you want to give the argument when the team is played, i got no problem with that. Arkansas was ranked eighth. Part of the reason teams aren't ranked anymore is because Georgia demolishes them. Oh, yeah. That's why Kentucky's still ranked. Anyhow. <laughs> well, they didn't demolish him. That's the 17-minute drive or whatever. God, that made the score respectable. Hey, he had to make sure the alums were happy with the coverage of the uh, point spread. Yeah, he did. Uh, did Cincinnati play their way out of the playoff uh, with their performance against Navy on Saturday? No, I don't think that matters. I, I don't understand why teams like Cincinnati have to perform at a national championship game level for 13, 14 weeks to be considered a playoff team. The bottom line for me is, look, when you look at this right now, we're not talking about Oregon, but if the Ducks run the table, they're getting in. Nobody's talking about Oregon. No shot. Hold on a minute before we go. You can- cannot lose to David Shaw and get in a playoff. That should be a rule. You can, can, that putrid uh, performance that they had on the farm. Yeah, by the way, it helped. They, they, they barely beat Hold Cal. on a minute. They played like doo-doo against Arizona. Just because they beat your UCLA Bruins now, you want them back in. You're now 1-11 involving UCLA games in a se- seven. Two. Seven. I got two. I got LSU and I got two, another two, game in there two, somewhere. Two and 11 in seven weeks. Yeah, exactly. No, listen. Hold on a second here, buddy. Okay, okay buddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't like that you threw that back at me, but that was good. Let's um, move on. No, no, no. I want to make a point here. You they say beat Oregon's Ohio State. They, have, they still have the best road win in college football this year. Who's got a better road win? <sighs> I'll get back to you. Yeah, keep keep trying. And by the way, they got hosed. Can we be a little bit objective here? 
though those refs in that Stanford game were not exactly guys you want to sign up. They were like the refs we saw at State College against Auburn. Um, let's go to the back to South Bend, where Mac Brown brings his tar heels in to face the winningest coach in the history of fighting <laughs> Irish football, Brian <laughs> Kelly. A little chilly there for the USC Trojans on Saturday night. Notre Dame laying three and a half to UNC. They were laying seven to USC. Is three and a half wild to write them all? I think this number's right. Uh, you've got a North Carolina offense that can move the football. They've been inconsistent. The defense has some things that, you know, you look and say, hey, I'm not sure about this team. They were fortunate to escape against the Hurricanes here. But I think Notre Dame would be the play here at three and a half. The big thing is, you know, uh, Notre Dame, the injury with Hamilton, that's obviously a concern. Uh, but when you look at this North Carolina team, I have question marks about the defense. Mike, I favor Notre Dame in this game. I think they're going to find a way to win the game, but I just have a hard time backing them because of the lack of offensive consistency. But I think they'll be able to move the ball against this Carolina defense. All right, let's get to your UCLA Bruins. We can't forget about them. Uh, off the loss in the Rose Bowl to Oregon, they now travel to Utah. Uh, they're getting six and a half on the road. Interesting number here, a total of 60 and a half. Utah, very much alive for the Southern Championship in the Pac-12 and possible date with Oregon in the Pac-12 Championship game here in Las Vegas. Utah lane, six and a half to UCLA. Is that wild or right? Uh, I think this is uh, absolutely correct mm. because this UCLA defense can't stop anybody. When you look at the second halves of these games, go back to the Arizona State game, Mike. They struggled in that one. This game, obviously, we see DTR get banged up. Garbers comes in. They did fine there. But overall, when I look at this UCLA team, I have some concerns. Utah with a lot to play for, inconsistent. They lose that game at Oregon State. Really, they gave up 42. I know. That's what surprised me. I, didn't, I wasn't shocked they lost, but 42? How about Arizona State for the Rose Bowl? I mean, excuse me, Oregon State for the Rose Bowl. I think they got a great shot in the Civil War. I don't think they're going to win because the game is in Eugene, but I think they've got a chance in that game. But Utah at Rice Cycles, they're a completely different team. Uh, this game was played at Virginia last year. Now uh, Virginia returns the favor and travels to Pro Provo to take on BYU. BYU lays two and a half with a total of 63 and a half. This is Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall's return uh, to Provo. Is this number two and a half BYU wild or right? Is that Provo Spain or Provo Utah? Provo Utah. The I like the Cougars here. Mm -hmm. This line is wild. I think it, it's way it's short. short. It's absolutely. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you see the finish of the Virginia Georgia Tech game on Saturday? I did not. Sims and company are down by 21. They go down, score a touchdown. They get an onside kick, go down, score a touchdown, go for two, miss it, get the onside kick again, and then get tackled oh, about 20, 25 yards short of scoring there. I mean, it was an intriguing finish there. I don't like Bronco Mendenhall's defense. Uh, Armstrong's been terrific in terms of moving the ball, but they're a little bit one-dimensional for me. They can only throw the ball. Mike, I don't think the Cougars are getting enough credit for what they've done so far this year. They lost against Baylor. No shame in that. And then they lost the, uh, the game without Romney at quarterback. I forgot who that was against. This team has been very solid. I, I like their chances in this game at home. And this line is going to go up. Here's a big game in the Mountain West. Fresno State off the win, but not cover against uh, UNR. Takes on San Diego State. This is a game I got wrong. I thought Air Force uh, would be able to handle them. Air Force could not run the ball on San Diego State. Give credit to Brady Hoke in that defense. San Diego State's home here. They're laying one to Fresno with a total of 44.5. Is one wilder right? Uh, I, I think this is a little bit wild. I think San Diego State should be favored here by about three, and the reason is I think their defense is elite. They'll still be able to slow down this team enough, and they'll be able to run the ball effectively. The passing game still leaves a lot to be desired, but, you know, there was a drop pass by Air Force early on in that game would have gone for a touchdown, about a 75-yard touchdown. That really changed the dynamic of the game, but give this San Diego State team credit. They go on the road and they get the W. 
Pac-12. Washington goes to the farm to take on David Shaw and Stanford. Stanford, favored by two at home here, total of 48. Does the fact that Stanford is favored here sound any alarms in Washington about how far Jimmy Lake's program has fallen? They were life and death getting beat by Arizona in the second half in that game on uh, on Friday night or Thursday night, whenever it was. Stanford, two, wild or right? Yeah, uh, I, I like this number. I think the number is correct. But I, I like Stanford here. Uh, I don't see Jimmy Lake's team going on the road. By the way, both alums of these teams are hoping they fire their head coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these programs right now, three and four Stanford, but they've been far more competitive than Washington has. Washington has been fortunate. Their wins have come against, what, uh, uh, Arkansas State, mm-hmm. against Cal in overtime. Overtime. And then against Arizona. I mean, you've got teams that are what, have basically combined three wins because Arkansas State's won one football game. Uh, uh, what is it? Arizona hasn't won Zero. a game. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Cal's won two games. Uh, ACC, Wake Forest. I think you like the game over against Army, right? I like these games where we're on ones on a side and ones on a total. We usually do pretty well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I had Wake Forest. You had over. I think what did they score? One hundred and twenty some points. One hundred and twenty six. There you go. By the way, do, <laughs> when you're watching this game and then Wake Forest breaks serve and they get that fourteen point yeah. lead, you know it's over, right? Oh, like the game's over. over. I stopped focusing on it. It was part of my parlay. I, my eyes were drawn to the screen as long as Army kept staying within seven. You know what it reminded me of backyard football? Like when you played with your friends growing up and every play goes for a touchdown? That's what this thing reminded me of. This is so ridiculous in this game. Now, in terms of this uh, Wake Duke, uh, Wake Duke Yeah, let me, let me set it up for sorry, you. I'm no, sorry, I, I got off track. But, you know, Wake, Wake and Pittsburgh now uh, starting to separate themselves in the ACC a little bit. Duke at Wake. It's a 16-and-a-half here. 16-and-a-half total of 70 of them all 16 and a half wilder right you know it's funny somebody on twitter direct sent me a direct message about this game mm-hmm. and it was a great question they said hey should i still play it at 69 and a half and i said i'm a little bit concerned because duke does not score enough at times and i i can see wake blowing them out i said i believe that uh wake four scores between 38 and 50 points i know that's a large margin but they're going to get there it just depends on does duke keep pace because if duke doesn't mike then i think you see a more conservative approach as the game progresses I, I'm not going to touch this game. I think the spread is correct. I thought, you know, 17 and a half, actually. So let's say wild because we use a one-point margin. I don't know if, how you're going to grade that, but I, I would say a little bit wild here. I think it should be 17 and a half. The total, I, I don't want to play it under, but it feels a little bit high at 70. I, I know they had that huge game last week, but I think you'll see David Cutcliffe and company be a little bit better in this game defensively than they've been in the past. Wake Forest hosts Duke. They go to Chapel Hill. They host NC State. Then they have the big game at Clemson, and they finish at Chestnut Hill. They don't wow. get they don't get Pittsburgh. I think they have a shot to run the table. Obviously, going into Clemson, Death Valley will be tough. Let me ask you this question: If Wake played Pitt on a neutral tomorrow, what would you make the number? I would make Wake. A, I'm sorry. Excuse Pitt. me. I'd make Pitt a field goal favorite. No. Uh, probably about a four to six point favorite. You're high, you're high on Pitt. You have been. Well, it's not. Here's the difference. Both teams very good offenses, yeah. but Wake does not have the defense that Pittsburgh has. That that's the difference for me. I want to go back real quickly to what you said right. about Wake Forest and that schedule, Mike. I don't believe they're going to be able to run the table. I, I think the cha- the schedule yeah. is too challenging. I think Pittsburgh. You're looking at them. They're three and zero. Virginia four and two. I think Pittsburgh is in fine shape to represent from the Atlantic, uh, or excuse me, from the Coastal Division. I heard a discussion earlier this morning. If Pitt runs the table and wins the ACC, do they have a shot at the playoff? They would need Oregon and Ohio State to drop. I think the loss to Western Michigan disqualifies them. When we come back, we'll have them all in and the Palm Reader Playbook. Hey, 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups, and they're bringing back their reduced to juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. 
Pro football betting is more rewarding at BetRivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shah. How'd you do over the weekend with your picks? Six and three. Five and two in college football, one and one in the NFL. Lost that Bengals uh, teaser game, but uh, did pretty well overall. And then I uh, had a couple of plays myself that I didn't include that were actually turned out to be pretty easy. I wish I had, but, you know, getting such a rush Friday morning, I'm doing a show and come in here and, and Britain's in there berating me with text messages. Where are your plays? Where are your plays? Well, you won the, you added the Astros game. That was a winner. Yeah, that was the, yeah. Uh, and you said you were going to have a bounce back weekend in college football. I, did, I, I picked up a couple of units. Um, I hit that the teaser, right? I said the NFL, I'm just going to bet the teaser, yeah. and that's what I did. Um, I think college football was up and down. I, got, I thought I got lucky with UNR coming back to cover that game. They, were, they weren't the— Good know, they, finish. It was a great finish. Um, I, I kind of counted that as a loser. Um, but, but we did well overall for the weekend with the, with the teaser, three-unit teaser play on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, let's go. You have a play tonight in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I do. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Ta- Tampa Bay Lightning here. I'm going over five and a half here. This Lightning team defensively, Mike, has been horrible. Off to their worst defensive start in history. I don't know if it gets turned around in Pittsburgh. I think the Pens probably win this game four to two, but let's see what happens here. Golden Knights, you can get nine to one. They don't make the playoff. Is it worth a play? Absolutely. It's a bad division, oh, but it's, they it's, are bad. I know, but you know what I love about betting hockey when you look at the futures? Look, the LA Kings in 2012 win the Stanley Cup as an eighth seed. Mm -hmm. You can have a chance, whether, you know, the better who had the St. Louis Blues in the long shot, he was a Blues fan. Um, I think in hockey, you always have an opportunity because if you can get a goaltender that plays extremely well. You know, yesterday I ended up taking Carolina minus a goal and a half against Toronto because Frederick Anderson was playing his former team. It had gotten off to a great start. I said, plus 210 at home, they're only minus 115. I didn't make a big play. I just made a small play on it. I said, let me take a shot here. And they end up, I was so ticked off. I went to sleep. It was like one nothing. I wake up and I see 3-1. to one. I'm like, all right, we're off to a good start here in the uh, early start of the third period. But I think in hockey sometimes, the goaltending can make a huge difference in how you wager. Caroline's played very well this year. Yeah. Um, uh, but the Knights, you, you know, that was an impossible spot for the Islanders on Sunday night. Everything said Knights. And you can still get all these teams at plus pro- Edmonton's 5-0, and oh, and there were a dog here but playing uh Vegas on Friday night. Okay, I have one play. It's the series. I'm going to take the Astros, the home team. I'm going to go against our our friend Bob Nightingale from USA Today. He likes the Braves. I don't know. I think World Series are about getting your number two, three, and four starters to have good performances here. Uh, That's what Houston's going to have to do. But, you know, if Louis Garcia has a good game again. I mean, Louis Garcia was pitching like I never saw him pitch the other night. He did. He was was hitting 98, 98. I never saw Louis Garcia pitch like that. You need those those kind of performances. The Astros are going to need to get it out of their starters. And I agree with Bob. Up and down the lineup, the Astros are much deeper. They are much deeper, but don't you aren't you concerned a little bit when we go to Atlanta and you've got the, uh, the because no, of the no DH? Yes, I think that has an impact for a team like Houston. It will, it will. But they hit the ball everywhere. They, they, I, I don't disagree, but the Braves can tough, hit the baseball that's too. That's a tough lineup. They can, but there are spots you can pitch around there. I, I, you know, I think you get you get by four and five there with the Braves. You're in pretty good shape for an inning and a half or two innings. Before we go back to college football. One question for you, Jack Peterson, over under a half on homers in the in the World Series. What's the price? I don't know. I, I'm not good enough to make the price on that, but I'm just giving you. I have a feeling I'd he's go over. You would. I'd say he hits a home run. I hope he does because I'm. I actually want the Braves to win for your series bet. I hope yeah. you win. I don't really have a rooting interest in this one. Braves are a team that has done so well for so long, but they just never really 
are able outside of 96 well, to be able to cash the prize. Well, they made it every year. I mean, they were in such a dime. What, they went 13 straight division uh, titles there, and then they, they came up short in the playoffs. Um, they ran into some buzz sauce like Sterling Hitchcock. Now, <laughs> we had an interesting discussion in the break, and you said you wanted to pick it up here on air about the college football playoff. So maybe I can pose a few questions to you to get you started, and then you can take it from there. Can Georgia lose a game and still make the playoffs? Or will they? Probably, but if, if they Oklahoma, lose to Alabama in the NCC championship game, both Georgia and Alabama get in. Can we agree on that? Not 100%. Okay. Alabama gets in, Georgia yeah, might not. Yeah, because Alabama wins, they're getting for the SEC. Let's say Ohio State runs the table, they get in, or Michigan goes undefeated. You know, we're not talking about Michigan. We're not talking about Michigan State. Not likely, but if one of these teams runs the table, they, they get in there. So from that standpoint, you're looking at a Big Ten team getting in. Oklahoma runs the table, they're in, and I think Oklahoma's going to run the table despite the fact that Bedlam is in Stillwater. If Oklahoma loses a game but wins the Big 12 title, are they necessarily in? Probably because they play ranked opponents down the stretch. They've got Baylor, Oklahoma State, and I forgot who the other opponent is. So Iowa State. So they've got some competitive opponents still yet to come. I think they've got a great chance to get in, even with the singular loss. And then if Oregon runs the table, because remember... One I thing, disagree with you, no, hold, hold, hold on one second. Right. One thing you're forgetting, the committee gives a lot of weight to winning your conference title. Okay. But That's if right. Ohio State and Oregon both win their conference title, you're saying the head-to-head's going to be the only, not the rest of the body of work? The head-to-head has to weigh more. If you yeah, hold, but Oregon has not played well. They've played poorly so many games, and they lost to a god-awful Stanford team. Okay, first of all, if you're going to discount Oregon for beating Ohio State and not give them credit, then why are we playing any of these games? Then if you're Oregon, never, ever schedule these games again. If you're Ohio State, what's the purpose of scheduling? I'm saying that the heads-up is not the only determining factor. I think it has to be a huge factor. That's the reason we play the game. So based on your theory, so one, so hold on a second. Based on your theory, then Gonzaga's the college basketball national champion last year. Yes, they did lose to Baylor, but they had the better year. That's different. That's in the playoff. That's what, in the what play they, they were t- This is not in the play. Because you're voting. Ohio State. It's Trust subjective me. opinion, and people are voting on how you get into the playoff. Let me just put a bow on this, then we'll move on. Oh. I want my Buckeyes to be in the playoff. But if it goes head-to-head with Oregon and Ohio State, no person who's objective okay. can rightfully say okay. Ohio State deserves to get in over Oregon, even if they're the okay. better team. Oregon okay. beat them. Okay. So Ohio State, they have to run the table, right? Yes. So they're going to beat Penn State. Let's just assume they run the table. They have Michigan, 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 Michigan State, Penn State, oh, and, oh, be, and Iowa. And Iowa. So they're gonna they're gonna beat three top ten teams and a top twenty. So there. What's Oregon done? What will they have beaten? Oregon State. None of these Pac twelve teams. None of these Pac twelve teams are even ranked. Will they beat UCLA? Who did they beat outside of Ohio State? The rest of their body of work is garbage. At the end of the day, we, why are we not criticizing Oklahoma for having won every game outside of Kansas and Western Carolina by less than ten points? I am. But if they run I don't the, think they're any good. Look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where they... But they give a lot of weight to being conference po- uh, power uh, five conference champions. If you win by one or 100, you still won the game. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Now, to me, I, I get your point on these games that Oregon is uh, kind of squeaked by against Cal, against UCLA. Uh, I'm trying to think some of the other games that they've played so far this year. But the bottom line is you have to give them credit for finding ways to win games, and they have the best win of the season, a road win in Columbus. I disagree. I don't think they get in. By the way, you know, you keep pointing to Georgia. Who has Georgia played outside of Arkansas and Kentucky? Well, the two very good teams. But you know what? They're what they're both they're at about home. To, they're, they're about to play the greatest coach of our generation now in the cocktail party, <laughs> Dan Mullen. By, by the way, <laughs> please, please let Florida win this football game. 
Please. They might now that he's decided on the right quarterback. They might have a shot, but I doubt it. About time. What did you say? You said the line was right yesterday when you did it with Femi? I I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right. um, I'm going to go to this game between Houston and SMU and the American. uh, I have not seen this number yet. First of all, tell me, where's the game at? The game is at SMU. No, no, no. no, no, It's at uh, Houston. At Houston. In the house that Hogerson built. (laughs) Oh, no. Sumlin. Sumlin built. Go ahead. Guy Lewis. Well, All right, so the game is at, Hold on. Uh, SMU at Houston. SMU still undefeated. Cougars minus four. Cougars minus one. So this is very wild. Well, no, I thought the n- number would be, I think the line should be three. So it's still, still wild. wild. Yeah, yeah, still wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one and 62 and a half. Tell you what, I love the way SMU's played, but they've been fortunate in a couple of games, uh, particularly the Louisiana Tech game. Um, Isn't this total a little low? I think so. Yeah. 62 and a half. I thought it would have been 66. I thought it would be like 66 or 67. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we'll consider both these wild. I think Cougars should be a three-point favorite here. Now, with that being said, though, I still think the Pony's got a great chance in this matchup. Um, and total a little bit low here. I, Mike, we're going to see some points here. All right, I want to go to the game at Pitt. Pitt off the big win against Clemson. They stay at home. Miami and your boy Manny Diaz come a-calling. Pitt only laying nine in a total of 61. Is that wild or right? Well, so this line has come down two points. This line is wild. This line, this line should be 13, and I'll tell you why. Because just like I said last week, that line against Clemson should be up to seven. This line is wild because this Miami team, while they're solid offensively, they're not bad with Van Dyke. They're not good enough to move the ball consistently against this Pitt defense, and this Pittsburgh offense will flourish. That defense they played against Clemson, second-best scoring defense in college football. Did you see the end of the half in the NC State-Miami game? I did not. NC State had the ball on their own 28 with 30 seconds left and no timeouts. The ball on their own 28, easily scored a touchdown, two pass plays. Manny Diaz actually called a timeout for him after the first one to organize his defense. They didn't even have to spike the ball. 40-yard pass, 30-yard pass, just like that. It's incredible. He is absolutely incredible, this guy. And they won the game. Yeah, they don't have the Ed Reeds and the Sean Taylors back in that secondary anymore. Real quick, Purdue, Nebraska. Nebraska laying seven and a half at home. That is wild. Nebraska should be a about a four five point favorite. Yeah, I thought it was high as well. Stay tuned to Visa. Up next, it's betting across America. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG! You watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7.
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 